Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. Today, Christian Pana will continue with our current series about God's Church, My Family. Looking into 1 Peter 4, we will see how God's household is evaluated. During the sermon, we will learn more about the standard of fervent love, the standard of Christ's suffering, and what it means to wear the name Christian. Join us now to find out more about how the church is God's household and what this means in our lives. Um, when we want to evaluate a church, uh, we use different standards. But there are two ways uh, that we tend to measure a church as an organization. And um, this is not the best way, but a lot of people tend to, um, to evaluate the local church, every local church, by these standards. Uh, by quality or by quantity. Uh, quality measures tend to be a little bit more sub- subjective and they uh, rely on, on taste or, or uh, perception or intuition. But uh, if you want to be a little bit, and as, again, I'm talking about the church as an organization, um, we tend to uh, measure and to evaluate the church by the numbers. And uh, the first question is, uh, okay, where, where are you members? And, and then you say, and, and how, how many people are there? How many members? And it's, if like this would uh, show anything about the church, <laughs> only that there are like 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 or 3,000. Um, but uh, I believe that the most accurate evaluation of a church is not as an organization, but as a Household as a family. This is my uh, uh, is not only my idea, but we find it in the scriptures too. When we want to evaluate the church according, according to the household standards, we need to look in the Bible, and only there we can find the best standards to evaluate uh, God's household. Now, probably you wonder why so far. When I was talking about this and during this uh, series, I always used the, the word family, and now I changed to household. I, yeah, maybe you're right. I, I'm doing this because I would like to be true to the text that uh, we are going to read in First, um, first Peter. Um, it's not the first time when we found this term, household, but in, our, in the translation that I used, ESV, uh, it's in, uh, it does not translate the word as household. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 5, last Sunday actually, uh, at the end of, uh, of, of the sermon, I used this quote. And, and it says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves... Like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. And the word house here is actually household, family, a spiritual family, a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And this is the truth. We are a household. We are God's household. The word, this word, Household, oikos in, in Greek, means either a house, a dwelling place for humans, or gods. And the temple was 
the household was the house of God, right? He lived in the or the tabernacle. Um, um, and, and when this word is used metaphorically, it refers to descendants in form of a nation uh, or a, in a theocratic sense, the family of God, meaning the church. The text we are going to read today uses this metaphorical sense where the church is a theocracy. Now, if you ask me what a theocracy is, is a system of government in which priests rule in the name of God. Now, is the church a theocracy? I'll read again 1 Peter uh, 2.5. You yourselves, like the living stones, are being built as a spiritual house, spiritual house, yeah, to be, in order to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices. So, are we priests? Yeah. yeah, so the church is a theocracy. As a local church, we relate to each other and God and Jesus Christ, the firstborn, as a family. But when we talk about the official business of this family, is a spiritual family, it's a holy family of priests. We are priests. We all Men and women, we are priests of God. And uh, this is the reason actually we are here in, uh, in, in, in this morning today, right? Uh, in the Lord's day, we are in the Lord's house to offer acceptable sacrifices to God. Now, this is interesting. When you read the book of Hebrews, and we've, with B1 we've been in Hebrews, we realize that we are here, but we are there too. And maybe if you ask me where there is in the heavenly tabernacle, in the heavenly places. Paul always talked about that, that the church is in heavenly places. So we are on earth gathering together, but we gather with those who are in heaven right now. And I mean with angels and with the firstborn that are... Um, uh, they are recorded right there in, in, the, in, in the heaven. So actually, um, it's not only us here, not only those who listen to me, if there are some, <laughs> we don't know, online, but we for sure we know there are so many angels and so many people who are worshiping, celebrating with us today. We are not only the number that we are here, uh, distance by you know because of this uh, situation, but with COVID and this crisis, but it's more than that. Imagine the whole heaven is packed with people and, and angels that are celebrating God. So I want you to imagine this: that we are part of something really big. Why? Because we are priests. We are yes, a family, and we love each other. We are here, but we are there too. And, and this is the most important thing. Um, now, um, one day, the heaven and the earth will merge together and, they will, uh, and we will live together with God, will dwell together with God in the, that temple city-like called, how? The New Jerusalem, right? It's why I said a temple city-like, because the book of Revelation says that 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 city is like a cube. And you know, remember, of course you remember, that the most holy place in the temple was a cube. 
a cube. I mean, the shape was a cube. And, and God was right in the center. And in that city, God will be right in the center. And we all celebrate His presence and His, Him dwelling among us. Until then, until then, maybe you, you are right, really uh, excited now. And, and you say, oh, I want to be there. Well, until then, hold your horses. We are here. <laughs> we are here. And we serve God. This is the reason we are here. Actually, you came together with the family to minister God. Yes, when you pray, when you uh, 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 bear testimony, when you listen, when I preach, when we talk, when we sing, when we do everything we do here, this is a church service. Do you know why we call this church service? Because we serve the Lord. <laughs> we all serve the Lord because we are priests. We are holy priesthood. Praise the Lord. Until then, we need to evaluate our meeting together in the church. Um, uh, as, as Peter um, helped us. And, and now we are in First Peter four, chapter 4. So if you would like to uh, go there with me. Um, in First Peter chapter four, verse seven to nineteen, it's a marvelous, tremendous uh, uh, text. And um, hopefully, this text will will uh, get you more excited, more about the, this perspective that we are God's household. So, First Peter chapter four, verse seven on. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, in Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad with when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let no one of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or, a, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet, if anyone suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will and trust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Amen. 
So, how is God's household evaluated? Um, and the reason I'm talking about this is because um, probably you've already noticed that there is the, the uh, word test. We are tested. First of all, according to the standard of fervent love. As a household of God, we are evaluated by God and by others according to the standard of fervent love. Last Sunday, we were challenged by the Word of God to have an earnest, remember this? Earnest brotherly love. And probably you remember, this love must be so fervent, so passionate, so uncommon that stretches you to the limits. I mean, yes, if you are in the church, the brothers and sisters of the church will stretch you. <laughs> no, no, no problem with that. That the problem is if you want to be stretched <laughs> in this love, but they will stretch your love like uh, probably you, you, you think that, oh man, I, I will snap. No, 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 no. That love is given by God. And you, you need to have this type of brotherly love that is stretched. Um, so why is that? Why is that? And in this passage, we find out why. Because love covers multitude of sins. This is why. Now, maybe um, you know or don't know, but there is a, a, a verse in Pro Proverbs 10, 12, and actually, probably, the Holy Spirit prompted Peter to think about this verse. This verse uh, says this, if you would like to change. Yes, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. You see, uh, hatred and love, they are in, 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 in uh, opposite to each other, right? Hate and love. So if hate and love, they are opposite, that means the strife steers, strife, uh, steers up strife and covers all offenses. There is a connection here. So what is the connection? The connection is, is really uh, easy. Love that covers sins is understood as responding kind to the behavior that tries to destroy the community of Christ. So if somebody tries to destroy the church, is to love them. Is this what we do as Christians? <laughs> we need a little bit more, that, that the Holy Spirit work more in our life. Is, is this uh, according in, in, in is this consistent this type of love consistent with first Peter oh yeah in first Peter 1 22 and 23 says this love one another earnestly so earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again you remember this from last Sunday but in first Peter 2 1 and also I quoted this last Sunday Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy, envy and all slander. That happened in the church. <laughs> um, do not, and, and 1 Peter 3, 9, so you see, 1, 2, 3. First cha chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It's all over 1 Peter, so let's connect them. Um, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary... On the contrary, bless. So if somebody treats you unjust in the church, do what? Bless. 
Why? Well, bless your enemies. Pray for them. <laughs> and but Lord, they are in the church. Well, bless them. <laughs> this you were called. You were called to bless them that you may obtain a blessing. When you give blessing, you receive blessing. And, and, and this is interesting. It seems that the little Christian communities back then, not today, today we have so many Christian communities to, to, uh, uh, or, or churches, local churches in Vienna. But back then, uh, in Peter's time, there were little Christian communities and they were challenged with the lack of brotherly love. A lot of hypocrisy, a lot of malice and repaying evil for evil. And this type of behavior was far away that the behavior of a family of God, right? And, and, and that, that behavior threatened to destroy them. So imagine little communities with big problems, <laughs> little communities with big problems, and Peter said, hey, solve this problem by loving. loving. How? Fervent, passionate. But Lord, ah! <laughs> they are my enemies. No, 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 they are brothers and sisters. Fervently. Mutual love should cover any departure from Christian behavior, given the fact that we have been born again, remember? And the fact that we live in the same time where we are at the end. Uh, the first verse that I, I, I read, verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. We don't have much time, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so love earnestly. We, we don't have much time. And we are born again. A lot of good reasons to love each other. Uh, we cannot afford to destroy the testimony of the church among the pagans. What is left for us is, is to love one another and to not retaliate for the wrongdoings. The unity of the church is more important and is maintained by fervent love. So... If you want to have unity in the church, start loving the others. And you know what? The others need to start love you. I know you are hard to love. <laughs> I am hard to love. But you know what? Try. Try once. Try. Well, how many times, Lord? Remember Peter when Jesus asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Uh, what Jesus said? What, what was uh, Jesus' uh, answer? Seven times, 70 times seven. Like, um, if you do a little bit of, you know, you try to figure out, so we, let's say we, we uh, sleep uh, for eight hours and the rest of the others, uh, uh, the hours on the day, uh, if you have to forgive 70 times seven, you know, probably you'll find out that you have to uh, forgive Every three minutes. <laughs> Forgive and love every three minutes. Well, yeah, well, but this is another story. Um, the unity of the church is maintained by love, fervent love. The type of love that is able to cover all sins, all type of sins. Now, look in verse 9. Another way to, uh, to show fervent love is by showing hospitality. Yeah, although the love for strangers, and, and actually hospitality means love for strangers, was directed toward Christians who were 
actually uh, trying to, uh, to run from persecutions and, and they didn't have like money to, to go to the hotel. So they ask you, could, could, could I stay for a night in your house? Oh yeah, sure, come. I, but I don't know you. Well, you know, I'm from so-and-so church. Uh, it's not about that. Because look in verse 9 again. It says, show hospitality to one another in the same church. Not only those who come and visit, but in the same church. And, and maybe you think, but how is that? Well, Peter is expecting his readers to open their homes for the purpose of Christian fellowship. And without grumbling. But Lord, I have to do again, you know, to clean up the whole house because... You know, they are coming. And you know that sister is coming like, oh, I, there is so much dust in here. But Lord, I don't want... To. No, no grumbling. No grumbling. So hospitality to your brothers and sisters means to have an open heart for them. Fervent love, right? To, to love them and invite them uh, at your house. When was the last time when you invited somebody at your house? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is in what gospel? <laughs> uh, the P Peter's uh, letter to what church? <laughs> COVID, Lord, but it's COVID nineteen. <laughs> and Peter said, "Well, I'm I'm sorry. What I see here is hospitality. Show hospitality one another without." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. With limits, but not... No. No limits. Uh, you want to wear a mask? Do it, but invite somebody at your house. Uh, are we a real family? Are we a real household? Or we are households in a church? And we are like islands. Little islands in the church. Nobody knows me. I don't know anybody. You know, it's COVID. <laughs> this is the wrong gospel. <laughs> this is the wrong Bible that we quote. The right one is, read again verse 9. But then verse 10 and 11 says that you love others fervently if you use your charismata, your your gifts. Um, the gifts that God gave you. Peter talks about the spiritual gifts that are given by God to serve others in the church. No COVID restrictions here. The meeting at the church is the best time to serve one another. To pray for one another. To talk and to have fellowship. And, 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 and here there are presented two, two, two gifts that are given to the church. Could you give me uh, what are these two gifts? Look in the text. Don't look at me. No, 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 no. We are past. I know you like it, but <laughs> let's move on. Verse 10 and 11. Come on. Help me. Two spiritual gifts that are given to the church are here quoted. They are given as an example. Huh? What is that? 
is not only talking, is speaking the oracles of God. Speaking the oracles of God. Who is doing this in church? Oh, you haven't been at church for a while too, huh? COVID restrictions. <laughs> Come on. Now, elders. And look at the next one. Serving one another by the strength that God supplies. The word serve here is diakonia. Elders and deacons. Two things that are two main offices that and, and not only offices but also gifts that are they are using gifts to strengthen the church and if you wonder if oh um, yeah, yeah 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 you want to read that there but it's not there oh just read chapter five start straight with with uh, the elders and the humility of elders so it's in the context you understand it's, it's right there so how, how do you show uh, love? Well, um, to a true disciple of Christ knows God, loves God, and serves God more. A way to assess this is to watch that disciple of Christ loving and serving his brothers and his sisters. John said, you cannot say, I love God, but you hate brothers and sisters. Huh? So how do you show that you love God? Loving the church, loving the family, loving the household of God, brothers and sisters. They are right there. And to love the firstborn. Amen? Love Jesus Christ. Start with that and move on. Because we have many brothers. Remember last Sunday. So um, in today's world, the best way to maintain the unity of the church is to love one another and to serve one another and to open the house only for some. <laughs> Is that right? No. One another. Without any restrictions. That is the household of God. You want to evaluate your local church? Use this and, 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 and think. Is there is any fervent love in my local church? And if you don't see any, it's because of you. Because you are not showing it. I am not showing it. Because when I show it, I will receive an answer. If I love, I am loved. Right? So who is going to start loving others? Thank you. You got it. Me. Me. You first? No. That's not this. This is not the church. I need to start. And they will show me the same thing. The local church is the household of God. A colony of heaven. On earth. Where love that promotes unity. Opens hearts. And open houses. And acts of service. Where the favor of God is, is administered. As it's evident this is the local church. It's, it's the colony of heaven on earth. And this colony cannot exist without fervent love, ambitious uh, love, and common love. 
May the Lord bless our churches with love. Nobody says a name, amen, but, well, I'm sorry. Then you don't want to be the household of God. Huh? May the Lord blesses our churches with a lot of love. Amen. Thank you. Uh, now, the second thing that I've heard uh, and I read here when I, um, uh, is how uh, the God's household is, is evaluated is from uh, verse 12 on. According to the standard of Christ's suffering. The suffering of Christ. The word test. Look in verse 12. Beloved do not be surprised at the fiery trial. Trial. The word trial is test. Um, the word test is right there. It's used in verse 12. Not as a judgment. But as a trial to prove. If your walk matches your talk. If your walk. Your life. Matches your talk. This trial is to be seen as a friend, not as a stranger. When we meet a stranger, we are surprised because it's strange, right? <laughs> Strangers are tending to be strange, like a hair, a strange hair or no hair. Uh, the language is strange. The clothes are strange. And the skin color probably is stranger than yours. And you think, oh man, what is this? I don't know. But suffering is not a stranger. Do you understand? Suffering for a Christian is not a stranger. It's an old friend. How old is this friend? Since Jesus. Jesus suffered a lot. Jesus actually um, suffered for our sins. And that's why we are here. We are the product, product of his suffering. That means when we suffer, we don't have to look like this, like, oh, this is something new in my life. If it's something new in your life, that question mark, what is going on? If something is wrong with me. Suffering for a Christian is, is an old friend. Without suffering, under the fiery trial, it's not possible to show if you are pure or impure. You know, like the trial of gold. And now I think... For the most uh, readers of the the initial leaders of this le uh, uh, readers of this letter, the word fiery you see here in verse twelve, the fiery trial, fiery, possibly had another connotation, not only like you know fire, but to be burned for Christ, to be burned for Christ. We know that Nero burned Christians to illuminate. His private gardeners during his sinful parties. We know that Nero uh, and, and, and literally actually Christians uh, were burned in much suffering for the enjoyment of not only Nero but all, all of these cruel pagans. Crucified like Christ. Covered with tar. Burning and probably screaming these Christians were sharing Look in the next verse, sharing the suffering of Christ. To share or to have fellowship means to have a common participation, to take part with somebody. The share mean, to share means to, uh, that you come with something in the, like a partner. You are partner with Christ in suffering. He suffered, but you also suffer. It's nothing new. 
Actually, if you are a Christian and if you don't suffer, ask yourself, why is that? Because to be a Christian means to suffer for Christ. He comes with his crucifixion and his abandonment from the Father. And you are coming with what? With what? With prosperity gospel. Huh? Yeah, if I'm Christian, I, I have everything. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's start with suffering. Because Jesus suffered. The world hates um, this world hates us because of Jesus. They hated Jesus and they crucified him. They will hate you too. Expect that. It's nothing new. Jesus was, uh, was a threat, actually, for the life of his contemporary. And you know who you are? If you're a Christian, you're a threat for this pagan world around us. Because you are holy, you are different. And don't, they don't like that. You understand? If you want to be holy, you are a threat for them. And if you are a threat for them, they will hate you. And they will crucify you. And maybe they will burn you. And when you will experience that, don't think, Oh man, that's strange. That never happened. No, 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 no. That's normal. They did it with Christ. They will do it with you too. So, Peter said, when, when, when you will be trial, uh, under this trial, fiery trial, don't think it's like, oh, it's, that's a first. It's normal. It's not strange. It's something that we expect of. When we suffer, we are tested to see if we are genuine or not. We are authentic or not. If you are genuine, if you are authentic, you will, what the text says, you will do what? Rejoice. But rejoice insofar that you are shared Christ's suffering. That you may also rejoice and be glad when the, His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. This is actually a quote from Isaiah. Do we have this text? I think we have it. Uh, Isaiah 11.2 uh, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, about the Messiah, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And if the Spirit of God rested upon the Messiah on the cross, will rest upon you when you'll suffer. And this is the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of God. Isn't it great? We all want glory. Who wants to suffer? <laughs> we don't want to suffer. But we want the glory, right? You, uh, I mean, when you read the book of Revelation and you see you know, the, the whole New Jerusalem and everything. Oh Lord, yeah, streets of gold. Yeah, 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 right. Suffer first. Uh, <laughs> Lord, you know, can we do something about this? I don't like to suffer. Jesus suffered, and that's why right now is at the right hand of God. You know why? Because he suffered. If you want to get there, you will suffer for him. And, and if, if the church suffers, it's because we are on the right path. 
we are evaluated by Christ and we are evaluated by even by the world. They will look at us and say, yeah, they look like Jesus. They look like Jesus suffered in the same way. So the believer or the local church that is willing to suffer for Christ will also taste the glory of Christ. And we say amen to that. There are studies made on the way uh, the church was affected by this corona uh, crisis. And I read that and, and I was like, oh my, this is really tragic. They say that a third of the believers don't want to come back in church. A third of them, they want to come back in the church, but they are disengaged. They don't want to do anything. And only a third, they continue to come to the church and they want to be engaged and to be uh, passionate for their Lord. And, and I was like, wow, the COVID crisis was a sifting test for the local church worldwide. Uh, some Christians who really suffer because they are committed to Christ. Let them rejoice because they share the suffering of Christ and they will receive the same glory of Christ. Are you insulted because you are a Christian? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are, are, you are blessed. Are you mistreated because you are part of God's household? Yay! Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, okay, let's, let's uh, poke people around and let's make them, you know, mad and, and, and we will suffer. And then, yay, we are, you know, no, I'm not talking about that. But when they will look at you and because what you say and what you show in your life, it's Christ-like, Christ-like, then if they will hate you, then say, yeah, I know why. I got it. Next time when you will be on the cross, next time when you will burn for the delight of some cruel pagans, remember this. You have fellowship with the sufferings of Christ. If somebody will spit on your face because you are a Christian, that's okay. They spit on Jesus too. Huh? Remember? They insulted Jesus too. If they insulted, yeah, no problem. They did that to Jesus. Is the standard treatment for the household of God, household of God, nothing special, nothing strange. If you are not hanging on a cross right now, burning for the delight of the pagans, please don't complain. The fiery trial is not so fiery for you. Okay? You have only a mild form of trial. Continue to be part of God's, the house of God, the family of God. Um, because this is the way to glory. Now, the third thing that I've seen here, and I know I, it's really uh, late, 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 late. But how uh, God's, is God's household uh, evaluated according to the standard of a name? And the name is of a Christian. Look, 16 to 19. It's so interesting. Christianos. Christianos is the crime for being isolated by the society and, yeah, persecuted. Although the, the society associates a lot of shame with this name, the Christians should consider this name as a badge of honor. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Christians have chance to remain faithful to God when they are challenged with hardships and, and persecution. What is persecution? Harassment or even taking 
your life. And this is punishment because you look like Jesus. But you remember this is God's plan from the beginning. To look like Jesus. Right? But they will punish you because you look like Jesus. And, and in today's society, we see the newest form of persecution. Uh, and that, like, I don't remember that happened before. To be not vaccinated. You are persecuted and punished. I, I, I haven't heard about that before. This, But imagine, we are Christians. We know what persecution is. Or maybe you don't know, but when you will taste it, think about this. You know, I'm not persecuted because I'm not vaccinated, or I'm black, or I'm white, or I'm, you know, or I'm from this political party, or that political or because I, my moral standard is this, and I'm persecuted because I'm a Christian. And when that happens, say, praise the Lord, I'm on the right track. Even when you are harassed, persecuted, tormented even, don't forget one thing. Read the last words that I, I read today. Is in verse 19. Do you see these words? This is interesting. While doing good. When they will persecute and torment you, don't forget to do good. Well, when you are persecuted for doing good, how in the world can you continue to do, to, to do good? They deserve bad things to happen to them. They deserve your revenge. They reserve, deserve to curse them, <laughs> not to bless them. Not, not, not only to bless them, you know, saying things, but doing things. What type of things? Good things. Can you do that? Jesus did that. Remember when he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Yeah. You are called to continue to live as a Christian, to continue to represent Christ, to love, to serve, and to show grace, even when you are tormented. They deserve retaliation, but no, you are a Christian. Amen? Amen? If you are a Christian, you are part of God's household. Oftentimes I'm, I'm asked if a Christian can be a Christian without having fellowship with other brothers and sisters, without being part of a local church. It is like someone asks if they can have your family name, but not to be part of your family. The family name is important. Shows that you belong to, right? Uh, do you call yourself a Christian? That means you belong to the family of God, this is our family name, Christian. The name Christian entails belonging to the family of Christians and an attitude. Don't be ashamed. If you're a, a Christian, don't be ashamed with that. Suffering is part of the deal. It's part of, of the, the uh, way to glory. And I was thinking about that and I thought, oh man, to be a Christian is painfully glorious. got that? It's painfully glorious. It was for Christ, it is for you. Being a Christian means that you are called to endure 
and to have a commitment to Christ and to your brother and sisters. By the way, your commitment is not only to Christ. Your commitment is also to your brothers and sisters. That's why we gather together. Because my commitment, that's why I'm here with you. My commitment is for you. I have signed in blood a covenant with the Lord and with you. You are my brothers and sisters. Christian screams commitment, belonging and suffering. Christians screams uh, uh, loud, the household of God. This is us. This is what we do. Imagine that today somebody comes and take you before a court, evaluating if you are a Christian or not. Uh, imagine that somebody would come here and to evaluate Grace Church and be one if they are indeed authentic churches. The court tries to determine if we are the household of God. Three standards of evaluation are presented. How this court will find our churches. How this court will find you. Guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. <laughs> not, not guilty? <laughs> well, listen to this. I hope we will hear the final verdict something like that. On the account of fervent love, guilty. On the account of sharing the suffering of Christ, guilty. On the account of the shame to wear the name of Christian, guilty. not guilty. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. You know what? In our educated opinion, the final evaluation of B1 Church and Grace Church confirms that they are household of God. But we need to work really serious on these three accounts. Are you a Christian? Do you suffer for Christ? Do you indeed for authentically love with passion and ambition the other brothers and sisters? Let's do this and God will be glorified. Amen. Amen.